0: Good tidings, great joy! Oh, yes! Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here at WXAN Radio. We're glad that you're tuned in today, wherever you may be listening from—here uh, locally in our region or across this great country. We're glad that you're tuned in. Call a friend, text a friend, email a friend. Let them know that the Good Tidings radio broadcast is on today. And we want to be a blessing to you as a believer. I'm going to help you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're here and you're not a Christian, that you'll listen and you'll put your faith in Jesus to be your personal Savior and be born again. Make heaven your home. We are thankful for the opportunity to be on WXAN Radio. As you know locally, it's 103.9 FM. Or if you're listening via the internet, it's www.wxanradio.com. And then when you see the page pull up, click on Listen Live. So we're grateful that you're here today. I've got a lot I want to share with you this morning, so I'm going to get right into it. Open your Bibles, please, to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter number two, and uh, we're going to take a text out of the New Testament book of Philippians. I want to speak to you today, and for lack of a better term, I just want to say His name is wonderful. I want to share it with you. This this sermon entitled "His Name Is Wonderful," and the hymn we're talking about is none other than Jesus Christ. If you would like to contact me, sometimes I forget to tell you how to do that. Many of you've done that, and we're grateful. You can reach me uh, via email on drdave13 at gmail.com. That's d-r-d-a-v-e-1-3 at gmail.com. I am David Pinkerton, and I'm glad that you're listening today, and I hope that God will bless your heart. Philippians chapter number 2, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 1 down through verse number 5, okay? If there be therefore any... Consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Folks, his name is wonderful. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in the earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. His name is wonderful. Well, I'm going to get right into it today and uh, want to share with you one of my favorite beatitudes. And that beatitude is, blessed is the preacher who can get airborne without using too much runway. (laughs) All right. And truly, as night follows day and day follows night, God still lives and the Bible is right. So verse number five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not equal to be ro- not thought it not robbery rather to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him, that's Jesus, a name which is above every name. Think about that. Every name in the world. Every world leader. Every great celebrities, Maybe some icons of the past and some of the future that you're looking forward to or you're looking at today. And you think this person has a name that is, is just renowned across the world. Think about that. Because Jesus Christ has been given a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue, that's every language, every nationality of people, every country, every person, folks, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God of God the Father. Now I'm glad that God's word is settled in heaven, and it's settled right here on earth as well, in this wonderful book that we call the Bible. It's inspired the Bible. It's infallible, it's inerrant, it's impeccable, it's indestructible, it is powerful, it is precious, it's perfect, it's pure the Bible, it is pontifical, and it is preserved in our language here in the English language in the King James Bible. Now, those of you that follow after me know that I don't fall out with different versions. I just prefer to listen and preach and teach from the King James Bible. The song says, there is a name that I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in mine ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus today? Christian friend, everything that you're going through in life, every trial, every triumph, every victory, every kind of trouble you're going through, it's all designed that the trial of our faith to bring us back to look at Jesus and refocus on Jesus. Do you love Jesus more than anyone and anything else? Loving Jesus first and foremost is what he spoke to the the leaders at Ephesus about over in Revelation. He said, you don't love me like you used to. Christian friend, if there was a time that you loved Jesus more than you love Jesus now, you're backslidden. Ask God to forgive you, to refocus you upon Christ, looking unto Jesus, the Bible says. Don't look unto the ministry. Don't look unto unto denominational bosses. Don't look unto politics. Don't look unto celebrities. Don't look unto anything but Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And let God refocus you, revive you, resuscitate you, strengthen you in the inner man. And all of that has taken place. Revival happens when we refocus upon loving Jesus Christ. The song said, oh, how I love Jesus. Now, folks, I'm resolved that the focus of my ministry, David Pinkerton's ministry, and the theme of my message would be Jesus Christ alone. Not Jesus plus anything, Jesus alone. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, "...unto Him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen." Folks, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Sovereign, my Sufficiency, he is my supply. He's my strength. He is my satisfaction. Jesus is my security. He's my standard bearer. He is my shepherd. He's my sacrifice and he is my substitute. I confess that Jesus Christ is my life. He's my Lord. He is my love. He is my liberty. I also confess that Jesus Christ is my Redeemer, my ruler, my reward, my righteousness, my refuge. He is the rock of my salvation. The song said on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The name of Jesus pe- appears in the King James Version of the Bible 979 times, while Satan's name only appears 56 times. It's easy to see, folks, that Jesus Christ has preeminence over all the creatures in heaven and in earth, over all creation. Why? Because he is before all. He's above all, he's beyond all, and he is in all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, God said, and when we look in the Bible, we're opening the mind of God. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 11, God says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Paul wrote it this way. He made it really personal when the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now his name is above, his name is wonderful, folks. It's above all names. The song said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. What a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. What a wonderful Savior to me. Folks, Jesus is the only person in history whose birth certificate was written 750 years before he was born. In the 8th century before Christ, the prophet Isaiah, who is known as the prophet of redemption, wrote in Isaiah 7 and verse 14, Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign: behold, a virgin shall conceive, and shall bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. Matthew picked up on that theme as well, and Matthew wrote in his gospel, Matthew chapter one and verse twenty-three: "Behold, a virgin shall con—rather, behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call His name Emmanuel." which being interpreted is God with us. You see the God of the universe, the God of all creation, the God of all covenants, the God of all, the consummation of all things, said, why was he with us? Why did he come? Why did the God of all creation, Jesus Christ, why did he come to be with us? Well, number one, I want you to think about this. His name is wonderful because he came to save us sustain us, strengthen us, support us, satisfy us, secure us, and ultimately to settle us in heaven by redeeming us by His blood. In John chapter 14 verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And he's coming, and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Isaiah also gave Jesus names that depict the nature of his person and the character of Jesus' ministry. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, notice closely. For unto us a child is born... The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Notice this. Let's break down Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, so that we can see, kind of dissect. Listen closely now. Let's kind of dissect the nature of Jesus' person and the character of his ministry, because it's all wrapped up here in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Let's break it down. The title given to Jesus, one of it was, Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, when, they, when God called him wonderful through the prophet Isaiah, he was depicting Jesus' person. The word wonderful depicts his person. Jesus Christ was so tender, so kind, so loving, so caring, so compassionate that little children found a comfort, folks. They found a comfort zone, if you would, on Jesus' knee. He was wonderful. But then Isaiah goes on to call him counselor. That term depicts his wisdom in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, or rather verse 3. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He went on to describe Jesus Christ in Isaiah as the mighty God. That, this depicts his omnipotence. Jesus said, all power of the Godhead is vested in me. Listen in Matthew 28 and verse 18. I love to quote Jesus. When you quote Jesus, you're going to be right every time. He is the final authority, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came and spake unto them all, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He's the mighty God. Jesus is not a God. He is the God, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus Christ was also noted as the everlasting Father. That term depicts His deity. In John chapter 10 and verse 30, He said, I and my Father are one. Notice that. I and my Father are one. When the cults attack the divinity and the deity of Jesus Christ, they're attacking the Word of God, the Bible. Jesus is as much God and as much man as though he has never been man or God. He is God and was God in the flesh. 100% God, 100% man at the same time. We call it the incarnation. Jesus is deity. He was deity also when he walked on this earth. But notice, Jesus was also described by Isaiah as the prince of peace. This depicts his kingdom. In Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 33, listen about Jesus. And he shall reign, Jesus, his kingdom, he shall reign over the house of Jacob, that's Israel, forever. And of his kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, There shall be no end. From Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, Jesus Christ shall reign. He will reign, ladies and gentlemen. The poem said, uh, the poet rather said, And Jesus shall reign where the sun does, His successive journeys run, His kingdom stretched from shore to shore, Till moon shall wax and wane no more, Behold, the islands with their kings, and Europe with her finest tribute brings. From north to south, the princes meet to pay their homage at Jesus' feet. The song says, what a Savior, what a wonderful Savior is Jesus, my Lord. What a wonderful Savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Folks, we have a wonderful Savior. His name is wonderful. It's Jesus, Jesus Christ. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, and I quote, The unique impression of Jesus upon mankind, whose name is not so much written as plowed into the history of the world. Jesus, his name is plowed into the history of humanity. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him, that's Jesus, a name which is above every name. The early church father said, and I quote, If the highest heavens were my pulpit, and all the world my parish, Jesus alone would be my text. Unquote. In Psalm chapter 8, listen to the scripture. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Jesus' name is wonderful. Now I want you to jot down a couple thoughts as we consider with the time that we have left about Jesus Christ and his name being wonderful. Number one, I submit to you, there is salvation only in Jesus Christ and His wonderful name. There is salvation only in His wonderful name. In John chapter 3, verse number 1 through verse number 3, we read the account over there about Nicodemus. You remember that, that well-known passage of Scripture? Let me turn over to it real quick. Let me get through the Scripture here. In John chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a man, here comes Nicodemus on scene. There was a man of the Pharisees whose name was Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. He didn't want to be seen, folks. He was a leader and he was too proud. He didn't want to be seen. And he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And listen to John chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, this religious man. You see, Nicodemus had religion, but he didn't have salvation yet. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Mankind's greatest need is not to be validated. It's not to be authenticated. It's not to be acclimated. It's not to be stipulated. It's not to be coronated. Humanity's greatest need is not to be educated. It's not to be regulated. Man's greatest need is to be regenerated. Regenerated. This can only be done by experiencing the new birth. Have you been regenerated? I didn't ask you if you were a member of the church. Or a religious person who attended Sunday school. Do you know Jesus Christ by faith is your Savior? Have you been born again? My mother Helen Pinkerton uses that all the time. As she has led multitudes of people to faith in Christ. You can have your name on the church roll letter of every house of, of worship there is in southern Illinois or southeast Missouri or across this great country. But unless you've been born again, you are lost and you're headed to hell. You are not saved. Nicodemus was lost. He had religion but he didn't have salvation. And your need today, if you're not saved, is to be regenerated. Experience the second birth by asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your Savior. If you would like to trust Christ to be your Savior, follow me in this simple prayer. There's nothing magical about a prayer. Prayer is just a vehicle that takes your faith and places it in the object of your faith, which is Jesus and Him alone. Follow me in this prayer if you'd like to be saved. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins come into my heart, and save my soul. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and to take me to heaven. Amen. And if you've trusted Christ then as your Savior and followed me in that prayer, we want to know. We believe you've been born again spiritually. You've been brought to life spiritually. That's the greatest need that humanity has, is to be regenerated, born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must Except a man be born again. Matthew 1 21, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Folks, religion will lead you to everlasting punishment and damnation. Jesus Christ, faith in him and him alone as your Savior, trusting him and him alone. His shed blood on the cross, his vicarious death, his substitutionary death. He went on the cross to pay for my sins. When he was on the cross, God took every sin that I've ever committed or will commit. God took every sin you've ever committed or will commit. God did that for all humanity and punished Jesus in our place. Jesus shed his blood. God accepted his blood. They took his lifeless body from the tree, put it in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, Jesus was resurrected, brought back to life. Proof that he was who he said he was, God in the flesh. And he had satisfied the just and holy demands of a just God. And he paid the sin penalty for every human. And it's applied to you when you call on him and ask him to be your personal Savior. Romans 10 and 13. The very name of Jesus means Savior and salvation. When Jesus left the portals of heaven and came to the poverty of the earth, folks, he did not come to establish a new social order. He did not come to expand the powers of Rome or to enhance the philosophy of the Greeks. He came on a mission of redemption. Luke 19:10 for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're saved, get into the house of God, put Jesus first in your life. If you're not saved, trust him as your savior today. Now friends, timers escaping us. We're thankful you've tuned into the Good Tidings radio broadcast, and surely it's good news. It is good tidings to all men across the world. Jesus loves you, died for you, and is coming again. Is he your savior? Keep looking up, Christian friend. Jesus is coming again. God bless you. His name is wonderful. I bring you good tidings.